Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. If you haven't heard the breaking news, Milwaukee Bucks radio play-by-play broadcaster Ted Davis, who is, he's been the, the voice of the Bucks for... 24 seasons and I will tell you this he's an absolutely great guy I had the pleasure of working with Ted Uh, a few years back he he would do like fill-in sports stuff for us so he'd be in the studio and got to got to talk to Ted you know off mic and he's just he's a great guy um you know here here's the deal and um you want to talk about walking out on top this is somebody who walks out on top like i say 24 years announcing games on wtmj radio and the statewide bucks radio network ted says this is a good time for me to move into the next phase of my life i'm 65 and I'm still good at what I do. He absolutely is, but young enough to enjoy what's next. It's been an honor to call Bucks games for 24 seasons. When I was a younger man, I had two goals, do play-by-play on a major league level and do it for a long time. 33 years and 3,000 games later, I leave with a championship call in my last game. Not bad. Thanks to all who listened, my dream came true. And if you want to appreciate how... How talented Ted was and how hard this is. If you listen to the Bucks home games, he would he would have I, I use the word sidekick. I, I don't mean that to be in a disparaging way, but you know, there there'd be somebody with him at the home games. But when they would travel on the road games, the the, the radio team was Ted Davis. It, it wasn't on most occasions. It, it wasn't like he had a, a second voice. So for for those games, it was just him. And I just I'm here to tell you, anybody who's done radio in general or sports radio in particular, I mean, you know, you're 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 the only guy that's there. So there's you know, if you don't feel great or you've got a sore throat or, you know, you're having a bad day or whatever, it it doesn't matter because you're the voice that goes on there and does this. It's not like you can kind of, hey, today I'm not feeling great. I'm going to depend on, you know, somebody else. They didn't have that on the road games. Ted Davis was just outstanding in his role. And I mean. I mean, if you think back on the different Bucks broadcasters, if you are like me and you grew up in a certain time, you, you will remember the, the original Bucks broadcaster was a guy named Eddie Doucette, who signature voice, signature calls, a lot of excitement. You know, he was really one that, you know, Eddie Doucette was, I think, legendary, you know, when, when he was doing the Bucks games. And there's been a lot of great announcers over the time. There, there's no question about it. But Ted Davis certainly has been synonymous with as the, the radio voice of the Milwaukee Bucks for the last 24 years. He's done a, just a tremendous job and uh, certainly want to wish Ted well in his retirement or wherever the next phase of his life is. I mean, I, I get what he's talking about. You're 65 and, and, and the travel. There, there is, there's a lot of fun. Don't, there's no question about it. I mean, it's, it's a great job, I, I think, but make no mistake about it. It's a job. There, there's no question. It's a job, especially with all the travel that's there. And, and yes, you're flying around on, you're, you're not flying commercial as a general rule. You're flying on private, on, you know, on, on charter jets and things like that. But you're still going from city to city and you're getting in at three o'clock in the morning and schlepping your stuff to a hotel. It's, it, it's hard. 
And if you talk to anybody who's done sports broadcasting over any length of time, that that's what they'll tell you from Bob Euchre on down. They'll tell you it's the travel that it's not the calling the game. It's not, you know, showing up. It's not interviewing the players, but it's the travel that wears you down. So um, Ted Davis calling it a career, at least as the Bucks broadcaster, who knows what he's going to do next. But uh, he, he's a great guy and I certainly wish him well. All right. Last night. I was at the Brewers-Reds game. This was actually, I have a season pack, a 20-pack of tickets, and normally the, the games aren't really bunched together, norm, but for some reason uh, this year I, I had tickets to the Tuesday night game and the Wednesday night game against the Cincinnati Reds. And I was actually, so it's not often it's back-to-back, but this this time it was. So we were there Tuesday night, great ball game. Brewers fell behind 4-1, to one, came back, scored six unanswered runs, 1-7-4. to four. And then last night, you know, Brandon Woodruff throws six innings of, of shutout ball that the Brewers played really, really well. Avi Garcia in right field takes a home run back in the eighth inning, throws out a guy at second base. It, it was a very, very well-played game. Bullpen was was dominating. Um, Cincinnati, I think, scored one run on a home run that really didn't matter in the ninth inning. But it, w- it was a great game. It was just an absolutely great game. The Brewers are nine and a half games against ahead against Cincinnati. And this was a really, this was a big homestand because... It's clearly the Brewers' division to lose, but you know, two nights ago, Cincinnati was seven and a half games behind. If they would have won Tuesday night and Wednesday night, you got it down to five and a half. If they would have won today, swept the series, well, you're, you're talking about a completely different thing. Now they're nine and a half games behind. Cincinnati's bound, down ten in the loss column, and unless there is a complete and total collapse, kind of like the Baltimore Orioles, the, the, the Brewers are going to win the Central Division. Not taking anything for granted, you know, it's still day to day, but but they're in. Green really great position. They were great ball games. So what is my lead into this? I am disappointed with fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. Why? Well, on Tuesday night, there were somewhere north of 24,000 people at, at the ball game. That was Tuesday night. Now, school for most people is not back in session yet. It was a little bit warm. But, you know, you've got the Brewers you know, playing the Cincinnati Reds in a game that really means something. You've got on Tuesday night, you had Corbin Burns on the mound. They drew 24,000. I thought, okay, well, maybe it's Tuesday night. It's kind of an aberration. Last night, they, they drew about the same. It was 24,000. I, I can't tell you which was larger, Tuesday night or Wednesday night, but they were about the same. But I'm telling you, that was the announced crowd. It looked to me like more than half the stadium was empty. And I, I was just... I was very, very disappointed by this because you want to almost say to all you Brewers fans out there, don't you realize this is a special season that that is developing? The most wins a Brewers team has ever had any time, 2011 and 2018, they won 96 games. Right now, I think they have 78 games. They are they are on a pace to blow that out. They've got a chance to win 100 games, which by any stretch of the imagination is just it, it's great. It is a great season, like maybe like an all-time record season. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series or not, but I do know that they're one of the, I would say, three or four best teams in baseball, and they drove 20, drove 24,000. When I was driving home last night, I had on WTMJ, 
and on, on Brewer's Extra Innings with, with Matt Pauley and Jerry Augustine. That, that, that's the point the first caller made. First caller said, hey, I was at the game last night. Where were all the fans? And, and Matt said, well, you know, you got to understand it's, it's, it was hot. And, um, you know, some people might be a little bit concerned with COVID and stuff like that. And I, and I appreciate that it was hot. And I appreciate that it was a weeknight. And I appreciate that people were concerned with COVID. But my God, you know, I think of all the times over the course of the last, you know, 50 years where we've had really, really bad baseball teams. I mean, bad baseball teams. And, and this, this is a year where this might be the best Brewers team ever. I am telling you, they are fun to listen to. They are fun to watch. And especially especially fun to watch in person, and they drew 24,000 people. I mean, for the last two nights against games that really mean something. So here's the bottom line on this. The bandwagon still has a lot of room. And look, and I have no doubt that once the playoffs roll around, you know, Miller Park will once again be packed. But there's tickets available. There's good seats available. Come on out and cheer this team. If you are a Milwaukee sports fan, it's something special that is going on, and you should be there to root the team on. Okay, so I was disappointed at the the crowd, or candidly, the lack thereof. Back with more in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right, the big news today is uh, the the two suicide bombings in Afghanistan at the one of the airport gates in Kabul and at the hotel kind of adjacent to the uh, to the airport as well. And um, the, the numbers are starting to come. Eric Eric Bilstadt, there's going to be a military briefing. You say in less than a minute. Well, we're hearing from the Pentagon now, and ABC is going to give us a report on this. It sounds like there were service members, U.S. service members who were killed in this attack in Kabul earlier today. So we expect to learn more details about exactly what the Pentagon is saying. The story, obviously, there are layers to it. It's slowly starting to come out. We're starting to see more pictures of what happened earlier today outside the airport. It's just catastrophic events. Well, what is it? Of course, it's nighttime in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, you know, we're not able to quite get a, a full right. scope of what's going on here. And it underscores, you know, when, when you have these terrorist organizations, and for everybody, anybody who thought that ISIS wasn't around, apparently these are suicide bombers from ISIS, or at least ISIS taking credit. So let's get the latest now from ABC News on the attack in Kabul. This is a special ABC News, we're getting word from the Pentagon today, a statement by Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby saying, quote, we can confirm that a number of U.S. service members were killed in today's complex attack at Kabul Airport. A number of others are being treated for wounds. We also know that a number of Afghans fell victim to the heinous attack. Also going on to say thoughts and prayers are going out to those loved ones. Those two blasts, twin blasts, occurred earlier today at the airport as evacuations were continuing for those U.S. uh, Americans and also Afghans. Again, the Pentagon confirming a number of U.S. service members were killed in today's attack. I'm Michelle Franz, and this has been a special report from ABC News. And Jeff will continue to monitor, of course, throughout the day today and bring all the updates we can, even during the Brewers game. Absolutely. And again, it's um, this is one of those situations where we talk about a lot with the, with the fog of war, and especially it's nighttime. Um, these were apparently devastating. Um, some of the, at least the initial reports were that... Um, it was a situation where there were just injuries to U.S. military people. Now, the Wall Street Journal 
is reporting that uh, four U.S. Marines were were killed. Um, four U.S. Marines were killed in the explosion and three wounded. Again, two of the explosions ripped through crowds of Afghans who were trying to enter the airport on Thursday. So, I, and I think that the numbers, again, this is one of these fluid sort of situations, but this... This throws another wrench into this thing that we've been talking about a lot and we will talk about tomorrow when we have a little bit more time. I mean, President Biden has said, okay, there's a drop dead date. We're we're out by next Tuesday. We're going to be out. He's also, however, said that, you know, any Americans who need to get out, we're going to get them out. And now that becomes problematic. He said that any of our Afghan allies, he's made a commitment that they're going to get them out. Well, that's now becoming an almost an impossibility because the Taliban has blocked off streets and is not letting Afghans get through to the airport. So how you're going to be able to accomplish this. And, and let's face it, I mean, it, it's a mess. I, I understand. If you're Joe Biden, what do you end up doing? Because the Taliban has said you've got to be out. And if you're not out, you invite, I think, more of these sort of suicide bombing attacks that are there. But if you're if you do decide that you want to try to live up to the commitment to get people out, you're going to be talking about a situation where you're going to have to send, I think, thousands and thousands of more troops in to try to secure areas further out to make sure that, you know, people who want to get to the airport can, in fact, get to the airport. And then you leave yourself open to more of these suicide bombs. There's no good answer to this. But I will say this. Um, if 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 you don't think this is a mess, I'm here to tell you it, it's it's sure going to do until a real mess or the next mess arrives. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Look, I I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I I think you would have to agree that the way the Biden administration has handled the last several weeks in Afghanistan has been a complete and total cluster. I mean, I just I I don't think that there's any way you can say it any other direct fashion than that. But at the same time, it it is, you know, what what it is. And I think Joe Biden's going to have to suffer the political consequences for what happens. Now, having said that, earlier this week, two members of Congress, Seth Moulton, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, and Peter Meyer, who's a Republican from Michigan, apparently took it upon themselves to secretly fly to Afghanistan um, on Tuesday on an unauthorized mission to witness the evacuations of Americans and Afghans. And now, to their credit, both of these congressmen are former veterans of the Iraq War. So, I mean, obviously, they've got a perspective on this. But they, they didn't really tell anybody they were going. They didn't tell leadership. They took it upon themselves to go in there and then speak with State Department officials and U.S. commanders. Here, I, I will talk more about this yesterday, but... I understand why people are upset with this. Look, I I don't know that we're getting a straight story from the Biden administration about what's going on on the ground in Afghanistan. I I I think it is fair to question, you know, how how candid the Biden administration is being. I think if you look at and again listen to some of the things President Biden said over the last week or two, you get this sense that there's somebody that's just like completely and totally detached from reality. You know, he's saying nothing to see here, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, and and there's a lot to to see here. But at the same time, the, the United States, when it comes to foreign policy, and I felt this way with Republican presidents and Democratic presidents, the the United States speaks through the president of the United States. It speaks through the State Department. In my opinion, you cannot have individual congressmen 
going off script, flying into a very, very dangerous war zone to conduct their own kind of fact-finding tours. There is going to be plenty of time, trust me, there's going to be plenty of opportunities over the course of the next 30, 60, 90, 120 days, over the course of the next couple of years. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to analyze what happened and what is happening now in Afghanistan to conclude and figure out, you know, who's to blame or what's responsible or where the failures were. There's going to be lots of opportunities to do that, no question at all. But given the fact right now that you're in a major crisis, you've got Americans that are at risk, you've got Afghan allies who are at risk, you've got suicide bombings. Now, admittedly, that hadn't happened when the congressman left, but it's always been a volatile situation. Having individual congressmen, Republican, Democrat, whatever, fly into this zone with the idea of trying to do their own fact-finding is at best counterproductive. That's at best counterproductive. So the criticism they're getting, certainly we end up understanding that. Okay, I am out of time. We've got an early Brewers game. Brewers go for a sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. I've got a full show tomorrow, lots of stuff to talk about. I'm back at 12 noon tomorrow when we do this all again.